Hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm not looking at you if you're watching. I'm running the control center here. And uh, as you can see, we have uh, three today. So yes. if you're watching, if you're listening, uh, there's three of us here. Of course, I want to yes. say hello to my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing terrific, Todd. It's great to be here again. Yep. And uh, got a terrific uh, guest joining us. Thank you. We. Well, are you going to do the introduction or are you going to make people that are listening guess? Oh, I Some think everybody guess. knows, knows who, who we have on the program, right? Well, um, uh, maybe if they've read the show notes, but uh, <laughs> if they haven't read the show notes and are listening, they have no clue. You're teasing them already. I know I am. <laughs> we're, we're fantastic to have Jessica Kufferman with us from She Podcast. She Podcast Hello. Live. So welcome back to the show. You've been on the show before. So I have, is, and it's super fun. Thank you so much for having me. Right. <laughs> so it's it's been a while, though, Jessica, and I tell you what, I wish it we has. could have had you on before she podcast, uh, but it's going to be nice to get a firsthand rundown of what went down because, you know, I basically uh, asked Mackenzie, I said, what happened at she podcast? She's always oh, great. And I'm like, Yay. okay, it was great. And uh <laughs> And we had a conversation and, you know, I've got her point of view. And I said, well, how many guys showed up? She said, I think like 10. And I said, well, I think that's about what we kind of expected. So, um, mm, it was kind of, like 50. Really? Well, she only saw 10. So, I mean, most of the exhibitors were men or at least half my of the people who were there to exhibit. My booth had all ladies in it. Your booth had all ladies. I mean, there were some that had all ladies, but like, you know, like Libson had two guys. Flicka had a guy, Resonate had a guy, Buzzsprout is all dudes. Um, it was a pretty good amount. And then there are some women who brought husbands for, you know, purse schlepping and that kind of thing. <laughs> like they, they, you know, they wanted to bring men to, I guess they either needed assistance or to keep them company at night or whatever. So yeah. it was a pretty good amount, I think. Okay. Um, but it's, was, it was mostly for the ladies. So we're not supposed to talk about the guys anyway. So what, what tell me i we already know the genesis story you guys did a, you did a fundraiser mm -hmm. you guys raised right. the money to get the event and then i was blown away by the number of exhibitors you had i thought that was Thank like you. wow so yeah, kind of totally. you, you still have your hair so i do it's a little grayer <laughs> this is freshly dyed hair so but i've been gray a while but yeah no i mean i actually I'm actually quite glad that you we didn't talk right before the event because I don't recall seeing any like fresh air or anything above my laptop for like three weeks ahead of time. So much so that like, I mean, just because, you know, I didn't know what I would be doing on the fly and I and I didn't have as much time. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I wish I I didn't realize how little time I had until September when I got home from FinCon. Then I was like, holy shit, it's like four weeks. Oh, can I say that? Yes, you I was, can. it's like four yeah. weeks away. Um, and I started to panic because I still had to do the program. I still had to order this. I still had to get that. So um, I was tethered to my laptop until I got there. And then Chris actually took over a lot of the show running part, which sort of left me just like not knowing what to do with myself because I had no more work to do. And actually for a week after I got home, I just carried my laptop everywhere. I went like something's got to need me. Someone's got to have an emergency. I don't know what to do with myself. So beforehand, I was frantic. I think with just what I had to get done and I was saying no to everything. Um, yeah. So we had, yeah, we had about 25 to 30 sponsors 
um, not including those that paid to be in the program. And we had about 650 register registrants for attendeeship. And then about, I think showing up about 550, probably about 100 people either couldn't come or didn't come or I could have miscalculated. The registration was a bit of a, um, can I say shit show on your show? It was a bit of a shit show because yeah. um, the Kickstarter people were people that bought tickets. And then I had to transfer them to Eventbrite. And then a lot of the people who were Kickstarter backers also became speakers because I told people who backed Kickstarter, I would, I would um, consider mm-hmm. their applications first. So then they had a Kickstarter ticket and a speaker ticket. And they, some of them wanted to transfer to other people. It just became like a bit of a nightmare. So I'm very excited to not, the Kickstarter I'm super grateful for, but I'm very excited to not have that into the mix because it was very hard to get a count. Also, a lot of people did Kickstarter funds so that they could donate tickets. Right. right. Um, so it was just Which a lot of moving pieces that right. I, I'm not sure were um, nailed down by the end there. But I know there were 650 people who were registered to attend and about 550 attended which is cool for awesome. a first year event that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. That's awesome. you know yeah. and what's funny is i had bought a ticket and yes um i told mckenzie we got to give this to somebody because yeah because i wasn't gonna go and i had other stuff going on and and i, I think i actually told her that a little late so i don't know if my ticket even got used so, I mean, if you kept getting emails telling you what was going on during the event, then I'm going to go with no, because it meant that I had you registered as an attendee. Oh, then I think someone got the ticket then. Okay, well, that's, good, good. That's okay. good because that's good. That, those mm-hmm. emails dried up. So good. So oh, she good. found that's a good. she found a home for it. So that's the yes. main thing. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was wonderful. I mean, I, I wanted to provide a place where people could learn about podcasting in an environment where they felt like um, they could, you know, either vent or talk about what they were going through or talk about what was preventing them from launching. I really wanted to provide a space where um, they felt heard and where there would be no one, not that men aren't wonderful, they're wonderful, but um, I think in a co-ed space, women can be a little intimidated to ask questions. They don't want to seem dumb they don't want to seem mm-hmm. silly and so in an all in an all-female space there's more likely that they'll speak their truth i know I'm, there's a lot of woo-woo s- statements there that are unlike me but yeah I, I i felt like they would speak their truth more if it felt like a safe environment and also i felt that the programming was a little more female-centric in that it talked about you know motherhood and femininity and you know feminine leadership and allyship and supporting women through podcasting and things that you wouldn't necessarily find at other shows. Right. Well, I think you guys succeeded and 550 is a great number. Yeah, it was great. It was hard to enjoy while I was there. Like I'm enjoying it more now seeing the B roll Mm -hmm. because I couldn't be everywhere and I couldn't see it the way I was supposed to see it. Like I think also when you create something like that, you walk around, I mean, if you're me, certainly, you walk around keeping mental notes of what you would do differently. Mm-hmm. And then that stuff sort of sticks. So, for example, like we were in the lowest level of the hotel and I felt like I really needed to, I don't like basements ever really. Like I'm not a basement person. So um, I felt like I was stuck in a basement and oh. I was just was like bothering me the whole time. Like there's no windows, there's no sunshine. Get me out of here. Yeah, that's the, way that, that's the way that uh, hotel is though. You don't really kind yeah. of. It's dark. Right. Yeah. 
It is. It's dark. All the photography is dark and not, you know, so, so that kind of thing. I just feel like, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. I don't want any more basements. Mm. But so anyway, it's all I could see. So like you have to kind of like, it's good to have somebody videotaping us. So you can go back and be like, oh, look, that was nice. Look, they, look, they said something nice and look, they're having fun because you can't see it when you're there. I don't, you know? Yep. So you created this kind of kind of unique environment for women. Do you think that the that the women that, that attended this really kind of took advantage of that opportunity and, and really kind of went off in this, this direction that you were hoping that the, the event was going on? I mean, did that actually happen a lot? I think that, I mean, a lot of the feedback that I've gotten so far was that they had been waiting for a conference like this because they, they wanted a podcast mm-hmm. conference that they'd never been to one before and a right. women's one somehow made them feel more comfortable to go to one okay. period. So like, now gotcha. that they've been to a podcasting conference mm-hmm. like mine, they're more apt to go to podcast and podcast movement because they know what it's like. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that it sort of reached more audience by default. People who right. wouldn't have come because they were too afraid now aren't afraid. Right. Okay. Do you think they they're actually, a first step? Do you think they're actually were, are afraid to go to a bigger conference? Yeah. Yeah. I think there were some that were that mm-hmm. said they were afraid to go to podcast conference. Period. But they saw this one. They were like, okay, I can step into this one. And now that they've been, they, you know, they've taken that first step. And so now they can go mm-hmm. to maybe something bigger and a little more intimidating. You know, um, I don't know if you saw a word cloud after podcast movement, but um, they did a word cloud for the event or somebody did a word cloud for the event. And the top two words were overwhelmed and puppy. Mm. <laughs> and like, and Chris was like, oh my God, that was my event. Oh my God. And like, not to say anything about their event, but it is the big ones can be very overwhelming. And if you're new yeah, and you're introverted, it can also be scary. And like, I think the, the other thing I heard a lot about is I had an introvert extrovert party and a lot of the women were like, she gets me. I'm so excited for this because a lot of podcasters in general are very introverted. And I think at bigger conferences, the social times are for extroverts. You have to go to a bar. It's very loud. Mm-hmm. There's music. You have to shout. If you're not in the mood for that, you're sort of excluded. So I had right, little introvert right. buttons that they could put on their lanyards. They could tell people like I'm introverted back the hell up. Um, and so people could feel comfortable in not being this like overt version of themselves. And so knowing that I was keen to that, I think helped them feel like, okay, I'm an introvert, but I, they get that I'm an introvert and they're not going to push me to do things that are outside of my comfort zone. And now I'm hoping that once they've done that, they can go be themselves. You know, it's not like men or co-ed conferences are like, you have to be an extrovert all the time. But maybe there's this underlying pressure to make the most of every moment. And sometimes that right. means be social when you don't feel like. Yeah. You know, that's for everyone. They're yeah. not just women. And I think yeah, the- I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I think that the bigger events tend to be very, very highly social. Yeah, um, and if you're not comfortable with that yet, um, it can be intimidating, right? And especially people that have been there year after year, we all know each other. It's like a big family reunion, and if yes. you're right. new, right. you know, so it's it can be a challenge. And I think you know, while we want to wrap our arms around anyone that comes to an event and say, "Hey, you're welcome," you know, you're, you're part of the family now, um, that doesn't happen. So I, I see what you're saying. Or even if it does, do they want that? Do they want 20 new best friends mm. or can they just go and learn and meet two or three people like in a, in a group of 3000? I don't know. Like maybe 
maybe the idea of having alone time or not having a roommate or just whatever is just too much. So, you know, this was maybe like a starter kit, gotcha. a podcast conference starter kit for people who, and maybe, you know, maybe this will be the only one they come to, or maybe they'll branch out more. But I think it was just a way of getting, you know, the purpose also is a way of getting women to take a next step and having their voices heard. And so whether it's because it was a safe space for introverts, whether it because there, it was not really programming for men or whether it was because it was local to Atlanta, like I'm more concerned and excited about the fact that that many women now have one extra tool in their tool belt that they can use to keep doing their show or to start their show or to say the things they feel they have to say. Mm-hmm. I think the key is start your show because yeah. I think once someone starts their show, then because they are, there's this anonymous, Anonymity. I'm destroying it here. Anonymity. Anonymity. Thank you. It's it's, it's been one of those mornings. Um, They have the ability to say what they want to say. But at the same point, though, you know, I think that, and I'm sure you had a session on this, is that, you know, I was talking with a gal when I was at Dragon Con in Atlanta, and she was like going to put herself way out there and talking about dating and talking about challenges. And I'm like, do you really want to get this deep with your real name? right off the bat do you are you do you understand the attention and you know what could occur and i had a serious discussion with her mm-hmm. about that because i think i don't want to say she was naive but i just wanted to caution her i said there's some there's some jackasses out there and you start putting yourself out there and talking about this stuff um you know just be aware they're going to they're going to come out of the woodwork they do do that don't they they do yeah. And I said, yeah. you know, so I said, you may want to consider doing your show with the, you know, using an anonymous name, you know, you, you don't have to use, you, you know, or use a, just a first name and don't, you know, leave your right. personal picture off your album art. Yeah. So what did she say to that? Did she take it? Well, she was kind of like, she kind of like set back and I'm like, where are you at on social media now? And she talked to me and I'm like, you know, and she actually showed me her Instagram feed and it was pretty generic. And I was, I'm like, you just remember, you're, this is a little more intimate. You're having a conversation. You're putting yourself out there, you know, just be careful and think about these things. And I, you know, I, I, at least I got her thinking about it. You know, guys don't think about this. You know, guys, guys just go and we do our thing. And if someone bothers us, we, we flip them the bird and, you know, guys are guys and it's just different. So I, but to your opposite point, there's that very popular show, Guys We Effed. And I'm pretty sure those aren't stage names, but I could be wrong. (laughs) Right, right. I haven't Uh, listened to that show. I mean, I've only listened once or twice and it's hilarious, but it's just interesting that you're like, you should be anonymous. Meanwhile, these women are like, so this guy the other day, you know, like they are just all out in the open with it. So it just depends on, well, maybe it it just depends on her goals, I guess. Is she like trying to give people advice or, you know what I mean? Yeah, Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's also, branding too right Right. i mean if you put Mm -hmm. out a different name it's not going to necessarily help you from your personal brand level and that may be what the conflict is so you know but you know some i just wanted to warn her you know know, she was was new and i just said this is something to consider and i know rob were you in the room when i talked to her i can't yeah it was and we actually was it was during a forum we were actually back and forth talking oh neat yeah yeah but yeah i know yeah no women don't think of that too much and actually i had it's interesting. There weren't a lot of women who talked about like actual safety. 
But there were men who ahead of time were like, are you guys going to have security? Because like a room full of women, you guys are going to be kind of vulnerable. And I was like, well, that's sweet. Thanks. But I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know just because it was my first event, but we did have security because, you know, Chris was helping me and yeah. we always have security. Apparently, I didn't know that. But I was just like, that's so nice. He's thinking about our safety. Meanwhile, there's like 500 of us. Right. And only one of him. You know so, what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> run, brother. Don't I, look back. <laughs> Dragon Con has right. dedicated people that will. And we actually ran into this. Um, I, I'm not going to go into the details, but we were we we had an individual that we were hanging around with. that was had some issues. There was someone in the building that had given her problems before. And mm -hmm. she had requested they came in they had two dudes that you weren't messing with them. You could tell they were they were all business and they escorted her, escorted her back to her hotel room. So, right. you know, and that right. was at Dragon Con where there's, you know, That's a I'm, big, big conference, big, big, conference. big, big. So and they had I actually mean, text lines where the ladies could text and say, I'm, you know, I'm. Don't you think that happens yeah. at every big conference? I don't, so, like, know. I don't know. That's the first, I, movement, first like, I'd ever seen it. Comic-Con, yeah. NAB, aren't there like, I, I, maybe I, anywhere that there's well-known people, there I, has to be some kind of. I'm sure, but I don't, don't hear that thing. I never yeah. saw at CES yeah. or NAB where there was a specific, and I actually saw a sign on a wall somewhere if you feel you're being harassed or need help. What did the sign say? Oh, you, oh, I should have took a snap okay. of it, but it was basically give the contact number. You know, for some, you know. Some oh, you know what? Now that you say that, I did have one woman post in my app. Can we have the staff's cell phone numbers in case someone's in trouble? Because I have a friend that went to a conference and she like choked, hit her head or something in her hotel room and she was out right. for two days and no one noticed. And I was like, oh, wow. right. But then why would my cell phone have been helpful then? She right. hit her head and she was out. Right, right, right. So, you know, like, like, like that. Fine. If you feel uns get someone's number, I don't think it needs to be mine. Right. I'm not giving my number to 630 people. Thank you anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, want to say hello to Friday, Rick, Eileen, and Christopher that's in the chat Hi. room. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being hello. here. If you're watching, if you're, if you're, if you're, and there was a few others earlier, I missed a couple other ladies that were here, but if you're here, Hi. say hello. Hello. And, uh, yes. but you know, it's just some of those things that I, you know, guys don't typically, at least I think most guys don't typically think about. So, uh, it gave no, me but I didn't really think about those. I, I was really more interested in, um, I was much more interested in having programming. I wanted, I just really wanted it to be different. Yeah. So, I, and I also right. am a ridiculously naively trusting person. I was actually just thinking about this this morning. Like my children could blatantly lie and steal in front of my face. <laughs> and I'd be like, they didn't mean it. You know, like I, I'm just one of those people. So I don't think that people are going to take advantage of that situation. Like it would never occur to me. So. I was much more interested. My goal is like, how will this be different? Will people want to do it again? Will it be better or worse? You know, can, can, can I justify a need for, for a, all women's event every year? You know, and I think, I think, I mean, they seem to like it, not that they liked it better or worse, but I just really want to make sure that it was something different. Like that it was a new product, you know, mm -hmm. a new, a, not a, not a competitive product, but a new product that right. was appealing to people, male or female. You know, it's not even about the male or female thing. Like if you go to blog her, if you go to like type A, like there are men attendees at every women's event. It's just about whether or not the advertising, the branding and the content is geared towards them. Like it's about podcast. Like Jonathan Oaks right. was there as an attendee. There's a bunch of men that were there as an attendee. 
just because that was the, you know, because some men are just like, wherever they're talking about podcasting, I got to go there. I got to be there. And that's fine. Those are the kind of men we want there. It's like you want men who are just interested in the conversation. And it's certainly not like I always kept joking all year. Like, I'm not checking at the door. Right, right, right. If you're a male or female, if you want to come, come. It's just that the Mm -hmm. the information will not be for you necessarily. And if you're cool with that, then come. Yeah. But um. But yeah, I feel like I feel like it was good to have different different um what's the word? A different premise mm-hmm. under which to meet, which was nice. Right. Right. Yeah. So by the way, Jessica, for your kids, good test to find out if they're really telling you everything on the up and up. Just ask them out of the blue. Can I see your cell phone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. That is a, that is they well, first of all, if you if you you have a teenage daughter, don't you? Has she ever said yes? They well, should pretty much always say no. no you, right, daughters never right, want to show you right, what's on the right, phone. Right, right. You know, and no, my daughter was, my second daughter was quite the handful. She still is. So it's, <sighs> yeah. If she's watching. Yeah, they never want to, even my son who hides nothing would not want to give me his cell phone right. for whatever, just because they're afraid you're going to mess something yeah. up. But right. no, actually when they were kids, I used to say, if you're lying, it shows on your forehead. So my son would be like, mom, I have to tell you <laughs> when he was little. Ah, they're so dumb. I love it. Sean, Sean, Chuck, David, thanks. Welcome to the chat room. Thanks for uh, saying hello. Hello. Does anyone have questions like in the chat about the conference, like, like how it ended up or what I plan on doing? I don't know. Like I'm asked similar questions over and over, but I find that I find that on shows like, you know, men who interview me often ask like, why did you do it this way? And do you think it was worth doing it this way? So that's why Mm -hmm. I'm trying to. I don't even think that question ever came to my mind. I thought it was a great idea when you guys came up with it. You run She Podcast Group for years and it was just a natural extension. Why not? You know, I, I, to me, it was like, it was good. Beauty Bubble on YouTube says, I'm really looking forward to this discussion. So, oh, thanks. Thank you. Well, Todd, are you going to come next year? You know, my team, I asked Mackenzie, I said, should I go? And she did this. Oh, she's protective. And for those of you that don't know, is I got the, the downward look. No, she didn't say no because she knows she can't really say no, but she made it known that no, you shouldn't be there. So you're not the only male owned, uh, like Interview Valet only sent women, PRX only sent women, but there are women run. Uh, yeah. But there are a lot of uh, companies that are run by men that only sent women so i mean that's probably they probably i'm saying doesn't matter for the conference but i think your employees probably appreciated that yeah you know and here's you the know? thing too is i want them to come back and give me their perspective from a i don't want to be there tainting the waters i don't want them coming talking <laughs> to me i want them to talk to them you are a special flavor i bet no. you taint a lot of water <laughs> Well, I, you know, okay. I I'm want kidding, the, you know, the key is I wanted them to come back and tell me what they got out of the event, what they thought, what the conversations, because people are going to, it's again, they're coming to the booth. They're going to talk about their discuss, their issues, their challenges. They're going to tell stuff Mackenzie mm-hmm. and Lena that they wouldn't tell me. And at the same time too, I try to, I have a very diverse workforce and I want that to be, well, I'll be honest with you. I want people to know that. I want them to know that Blueberry is just not a bunch of guys, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's actually, that was a smart move then. 
And, 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 and actually, A. Weber did the same thing. I always think of them as a bunch of dudes, and they sent no dude. Yeah, but you and know, it actually is help. It's actually helpful. And believe me, in the company of all guys, there's usually not a lot of the discuss. You know, the ladies in my company are very aggressive. So you know, if I'm saying something, and no. They'll give me the finger and say, that's not what's going on today. Or, or they're very forceful. They have a very, they have their opinions and believe me, it makes in a company work, uh, workspace, it makes for a better atmosphere because you are not just so, you know, guys are simple. We're a box you know, we're a square box, right? That's all we are. Yeah, everybody's getting hurt, right? Everybody's getting, you know, and so and it goes back to this podcasting thing. This is why I'm so excited about so many women coming into podcasting. Matter of fact, I think there's more women coming into podcasting right now than guys. I think we're on a upswing of women coming into podcasting. Which I hope so. I, I, I think we are. And But, go ahead. Well, uh, there, there is a but to that too as well. So I, I think that... Um, a big but. I think that we have... <laughs> 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 okay so um anyway it's just like that that opinion like just like on wednesday of last week i said something and i got to look i'm like okay tell me how i'm wrong and so i got got you know face blasted by both of them and it was good you face know blasted. yeah so, fun. it's good so but you know if you look at the space right now what we're missing okay so we've got women of color are coming in and creating content but the men of color are missing they're they're, they're there but we're, the diversity wise i think it's a pretty small number right now it's a small number of men and right. i met i actually the uh, a gentleman that was at um texas podcon um i gave away two hours of free consulting and I, just by luck i drew the single the uh, one the one of african-american guy yep it's there <laughs> and great. so him and i are going to have you know an ongoing That's series awesome. of conversations and um and there's other groups that are missing too in podcasting, but I think, yes. but I think that what we're, you know, but let's also think about this too. Podcasting in the very beginning was more open to LGBTQ plus all those other acronyms in the early days than any other medium because there was no gatekeepers. They could come in and create True. content. I just got, had an right. email from one of the old school OG uh, is Fosto. Do you guys know Fosto? Barros, you know, he sent me an email. They're getting some stuff moved around. You know, he's, he led that group of LGBTQ in the early days. And I think that this is the beauty of podcasting because there's no gatekeepers. All groups can come, come in. So what was your butt? Yeah. So there are gatekeepers. And now that we've been nice about my conference versus other conferences, I'm going to go ahead and trash a few. So <laughs> not really. But because, you know, I planned my whole conference with Chris Kermithos and we're like brother and sister now. Like, but um, I'm very sad and disappointed that I actually had to have my own women's conference in order to learn how many women podcast producers and editors there are. Like, I didn't know yeah. half the mm -hmm. women were editors. And why is that? Because right. we don't get to hear them speak because the same right. dudes are asked to speak at every oh, yep. single conference. And Greenlee, I'm looking at you, brother, but also Dave Jackson, but also maybe you, Todd, but also um, Daniel, and also, you know, like uh, Evo and Mark and every guy that's in, yeah. um, you know, that's considered, you know, there are tons of women that are 
equally, if not more qualified to speak about podcasting than I'll just say it, especially me, because I'm probably the worst podcaster out there. And I'm a marketing, like I'll talk about marketing all day, but don't ask me about content. Don't ask, you know, I'll sell it for you. But I had to Skype my own editor just to show me how to work my mixer. Like, I don't know anything about it. So I, you know, and yet I'm asked to speak a lot and I'm not saying I mind, but I'm saying there were 120 women. I filled a whole conference with just Mm -hmm. women, 40% women of color. And yet who's keynoting PodFest? Dave Jackson. Freaking, I love him. And I, and he, I mean, I've said this to his face. So like, I don't want you guys to feel like I'm blasting either Chris or Dave Jackson because they're two of my, my best friends. But what more could he say that he hasn't said that someone else could say just differently? It's not about, you know, and in Chris's defense, he's like, people love that talk. It's always full. So if it's not broken, I don't fix it. I'm like, right. But the fact that you're not fixing it means that it's broken. Yeah. And I typically is broken. I typically don't keynote. And I've been keynoting yeah. at some other events outside of podcasting. And I have a whole different message to share. Yeah, I've heard right. Dave's story enough. I don't even go to his keynote because I've, Pat Flynn, I've heard it. John Dumas, Lewis, ha- like, like who, who I can think of 10 women off the top of my head that would be not more dynamic, but just different. Yeah. Just and guess different. what? The, guess what it's going to do, too? It's going to draw. It's going to draw the ladies to come to the event to hear the ladies speak. And we have to understand right. that podcasting right. is not a, you know, in, in, even in the early days, you know, Rob, if we go back to 04, 05, the first conferences, mm-hmm. even though there was fewer ladies at those events in the early days, I yeah, think like there was almost zero. Yeah, it was small. Still, the ones that did show up, we I felt were, and of course, I'm with Guy's perspective. So maybe I, maybe we can find, I, I think that the, we were all very open to having, the, and I think we're glad to see the ladies, even in those early days. Um, but you're right. You're right, Jessica. I think that there has to be more diversity in the speaking and uh, going around because. So what Elsie says, I just interrupted you again. I'm so sure, sorry. It's okay. Fire away. What Elsie says is, you know, it's not enough to agree and say that's a shame yeah women should speak more but the next time a white male or even a male is asked to speak look at the lineup and then if it's all men or the same people over and over say you know what i'd love to do it but i know someone that would be great for this that's not had a chance or you know i wish that you would give my spot to a woman of color or to a woman or something like that like because i think and i know that's probably asking a lot and i think men or even people hearing this will be like, well, I'm not giving them my opportunity to be on stage because podcasters love to talk. We all know that. But mm-hmm. I think that if you are an advocate of women in this space and diversity in the space, you, we all have to insist on it, not just event planners, not just those people who want to get on the <clears throat> stage, but the rest of us who are always asked have to take that initiative too. Mm-hmm. So it's not enough that you don't ask Dave Jackson. Dave Jackson should say, I've done this seven times, right. but here's Danielle right. Desir. Here's Anise Mabry. Here's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, anybody else, Monique Caradon, Felicia Jones, like all these women who killed at my conference that he saw there. And again, Dave, I love you. I'm sorry if you're listening to this, please don't be mad. I'm not trying to take your stage away, but you, but he is, you know, known. 
but why do they have to be the only ones we know? That's all I'm saying. Like, it can't just be those of us like fighting for diversity and women's rights mm-hmm. to borch mm-hmm. about it. You kind of have to have allies that are deep in it, that are the ones that get the advantages too. I think. I don't know. You know, I, I may. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know. What do you think? I look at what we do, and I can only speak for Blueberry. Is that I make sure that Mackenzie submits a session. Mm-hmm. and I submit a session because, be, you know, I'll be frank, there is a business reason for of course. me wanting to speak. Of course, and, right. for everyone. And, and there is a right. business reason for wanting Mackenzie to speak. You know, so we're, we don't, I, you know, last year, Mike said, should, Mike said, should I submit a session or not? I said, you can, but I said, Mackenzie's got the priority over you if there's, if we, if it comes down mm-hmm. to session, I said, you know, because I wanted to make sure that there was that exposure. You know, I, I understand what you're saying, but I also understand egos and egos tie into this because right, it's rough. I know it's, it's rough. A lot, a lot to ask. And, and we're only as good as our last speaking gig where our social exposure, our social standing, because, right. okay, let's say Dave is not the speaker at podcast. Okay. So what that really does for him is I, I understand where you're coming from, but for his standing point is boom, he's down a little lower on the social standing and less relevant but is you know i mean i i mean that's true and i understand that yeah. but let's just look at libson as a whole at every conference <laughs> you see walsh greenlee well libson has got a big problem because they got so many people they they're just by default of having so many of the power and, players yeah they, and elsie too i mean yeah they hire a lot of power players but so, like you know and elsie is that like well we have a woman she's a person of color yay and that's great but also do all the speakers have to be from Libsyn, if you have all those power players, well, like, can you, you recommend someone else to talk about? I mean, I know you need at least one, and I know you need yeah. at least one from Blueberry. Like, those, that's a different scenario because right. you guys, yeah. your companies have to stay relevant. But as an event planner, not just myself, but Chris or you know Dan and Jared, like, can you look at the content without? I don't know. I see, and I know yeah. it's tricky because of sponsored yeah. spots. Yeah. I think next year what I might do is have a whole track of sponsored spots because there were a lot of sponsors that wanted spots that I didn't want to give to because they were either like Dave, for example, who applied. And I was like, you know, I'd love for him to speak because he's great. But, you know, maybe I could just say, well, if you sponsor it, you can be whoever you want. Rob, didn't you lose a spot at Podcast Movement because you moved to Libsyn? You couldn't. There was too many Libsyn guys in the mix. Right. But I think Dan has has really created some balance, you know, at Podcast Movement specifically on this. Um, topic. It's and, good about it yet. And I think it's definitely been moving this direction for a long time. And I think it really is all about balance. I think you have to create balance on the stage of who's who's speaking and and but you know I think we have to be careful about leaning too far one way or the other because it can be you know I think it's just creating balance, right? Let's create equal opportunity for the whole medium to present. And certainly I agree with you Jessica, that there's there's a disproportionate amount of opportunities given to a small group, and and that's that's what that's what needs. But there's still going to be opportunities out, there, like you know myself and what what Todd was just talking about about getting into other events out there and kind of plowing the Each. the ground of opportunity for the medium, and that's that's where I'm starting to put more more of my energy is working with new events and working with other type of speaking opportunities working with college students and those kind of things and 
and certainly new people can come into the podcasting conferences more and and share their their new knowledge. And I think that's important as you look to the future. Yeah. I also will give you one example too. I was on a session, I won't say which conference, but they wanted to have the panel be diverse and it was. Mm-hmm. But the problem was is that the person they picked to be on the panel frankly shouldn't have been on the panel. Right. Mm. But they, they checked the box without they checked the box and and, right. and I could have named ten people, ten ladies that could have sat in the chair. I didn't know that the lady really wasn't qualified to speak about she would have been great in a specific conference, a spe- mm-hmm. session. I was like, Oh man, I'd have went to that. You know, so and then guys too. It happens with guys, it's not just the ladies. Yeah, so you gotta lazy. You, you gotta pick the right the right butts to be in the seat. You know? To me, that's lazy. Like you want diversity. So you find the first person you thought of and put them on a, th- really, it's just lazy. You can't imagine, like there's, there's at least 20 people for everyone that's ever spoken. Sure. You're just not paying attention because you like, you know, this person's good. So you ask them over and over and over again. That's lazy to me. Yeah. I, that's I, all I'm saying. Eileen right. asks, any plans to change the speaker selection process? Or are you pleased with how it went this year? Um, I, well, I, I'm definitely going to change the selection process because last year I gave precedence to people who helped fund the event. Like I gave precedence to Kickstarter backers. Um, and that next year I won't have Kickstarter backers. So it will be a little bit more of a free for all. Also, I do like to keep in mind that if I put someone on a panel, because so a lot, a lot of the women that were on panels this year were on panels because they had not because I didn't want them to do a solo session, but because they had similar pitches to the other women. And I Mm. thought, well, these two will have a really interesting conversation because they both want to talk about the same thing. So I kind of would lump them together. So I'm probably likely to take some of the panelists that stood out and give them solo sessions and then allow Mm. new people to sort of sit on panels if they have similar ideas or even opposite ideas on the same topic. Um, I'm okay with how it turned out. I'm also a person that hates like I'm a sales person by heart. So I love to be sold. So like, I'm not going to be in charge of the pitches because I want to say yes to everyone. And that's why there are so many panelists. Cause I was just like, um, yes to you and yes to you. And that's brilliant. And Oh my God, we can't go without her. So Elsie, I think is going to take over the programming and have very specific ideas as to what topics she wants. And then she'll probably go after picking those people. Um, you know, and also I'd like to survey and see like who, who should we never have back? Who should we definitely have back? And then just see where we can mm-hmm. fit them in based on what the audience said was amazing. Like there are women that I know killed that had never spoken before. Like this is the first time speaking ever and they killed. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, great. I'd like great. to know who that is so that I can give them, I can give them opportunities, you know, to do something different or, um, but yeah, that's a good question, Eileen. Um, I'm happy that it'll be a totally different story because that got very tricky to have Kickstarter funders be speakers because then a lot of them felt that they had two tickets Mm. because they had a speaker ticket and a Kickstarter ticket and they wanted to either give one away or get a refund. And like, if you buy Mm. a ticket next year and you get to speak, you get a refund, but you can't refund a Kickstarter donation. I needed that money to fund the event. So it was, it was tricky. It got a little tricky. Um, Next year it won't get tricky, but as far as the content, yeah, I think it went good, but I'm, I'm excited to see how someone else would do it because out of all the aspects of event planning, that one was the bane of my existence. Like picking the programming was horrible for me. It was so hard. 
and I don't want to be in that position again. I'm much, I'm much happier like decorating the stuff and getting the details down. The programming was really hard for me and keeping track of speakers and stuff. I don't know why. Just you learn, you learn, right? We, we want to welcome Lauren, Lauren, Steve, Karen to the chat. So I just want to make sure. So, okay. you know, one thing about doing tracks and I think one thing you have to be careful about, and this is what I, I told this to, oh my God, it was the year that, um, this goes back in time. Uh, it doesn't matter. Someone was running, oh, it, was, it was for Blog World and okay. um, someone was sitting back. Yeah, someone was setting up the podcasting track and they called me for advice. I said, how do I handle this? I said, number one, everyone has an agenda. I, <laughs> so I said, true. I said, I want to be a speaker and I have an agenda to be. A, and I said, I'm going to give you one hour's worth of content. It's going to be equal. It's going to be fair. It's not going to be pitching Blueberry. We're going to uh, provide true education, but absolutely unequivocally I have an agenda to be a speaker and long as you know that long that everyone that's talking to you has an agenda you'll be good so that's my advice to give to Elsie make her understand everyone has an agenda and as long as you know that then you could say no 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 yeah yes 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 I think she probably understands that better than me being the community manager of Libsyn I, like I said, I'm notoriously optimistic and therefore naive about people's agendas. And so even when I said, I'm, you know, like, I mean, I was very upfront about the fact that it's not paid, that it's about sharing your knowledge with the community. There were still people who were chosen that wouldn't do it unless they were solo speaker, wouldn't do it unless they got paid, wouldn't do it unless I helped with this or that. Even though right. all that stuff was nailed down up front, right. there's still, there, there's still people whose agendas came before their willingness to share knowledge and luckily those people out themselves early and then you don't have to worry about them anymore That's right. um, because right. because th yeah our conference is really if you have an agenda it's easier to sniff out here because you're really supposed to be doing it out of the kindness of your heart and to help other women and you can kind of tell when they're not mm -hmm. doing it for that purpose because the, they get all diva-like the the, the agenda sure, is sure. to educate we, people exactly. attend conferences to walk away with an education on whatever topic you're giving a topic you better stick to that topic. So that's yes. what I've always done. If I deviate a little bit from a topic in a presentation, I will apologize and say, I thought this was necessary to throw this in here. Here's three slides on this, but I don't, you know, and, and another, we've all seen it where we've walked into a session and immediately you're like, Oh God, and you're pissed because you're it's getting pitch. pitched. And, and I will, yeah. I will blast. I go on Twitter and I go on instant blast and I blast the conference organizers and Thank goodness, podcast movement is very strict. You yes. pitch, you're gone. I am too. You're gone. You you pitch, you're you you no longer can speak at, at podcast movement. So I'm very lucky in that the app that I use allows speakers to upload documents, so they couldn't pitch during their presentation. But if they wanted to offer a free workbook or an opt-in mm -hmm. or something like, they could they could upload it for people to download later, and that'll be mm -hmm. part of the virtual ticket. Is whatever little doodles that they created for the attendees because I think that's a good balance. Like it's not like I don't want them to have business. It's just that this isn't the place. No, for it. it's get a booth, right? Get a booth. Well, right. Right. right exactly. You, you right. can do business, get a booth. And yeah. So maybe that's what you consider. Maybe you have a, a booth that's the book booth or the, the giveaway and you use, they have to sign or pay for an hour mm -hmm. to be there. And mm -hmm. 
you know, that's how I've seen a lot of conferences do it. If, you, if, if you're a speaker and you got something to pitch, you don't pitch it during the session. You say, yeah. oh, meet me out at the book, the book table at three o'clock tomorrow or whatever. I've been noticing women's conferences have a sponsored track. Like, uh, like it's interesting. In other words, <laughs> like we like if you are a sponsor, just know you'll be offering content. Uh, like it's mandatory. Well, which if, I think is interesting. But if it's a sponsor track, though, I'm not going to this event. I'm not going even as a sponsor. I don't want to go there and pitch blueberry. No, you would still have content. Yeah. But in other words, it's, it's sort of like a if you want a guaranteed spot because you're from Edison or uh, Simplecast or whatever, right. you will have to offer content along with your booth. And here's the track where you'll do it, you know, and right. just so that, you know, like because. There are some companies that would only sponsor if they had a speaker somewhere in the lineup. And I don't like that quid pro quo. I'd much rather have that be mandatory that you also offer content as part of the sponsorship. That sort of turns it around and makes me in charge of like, yeah, you're going to teach people if you're going to be here. Well, Otherwise, the podcast movement yeah. does not guarantee even a, a silver sponsor a speaking spot. We are not guaranteed. Yeah, right. we are not. I just. I think it's interesting but that, that women's are, conferences some events do that. Are. I want to explore a little right. bit more about like yeah. how, why is it mandatory for a sponsor to educate? And like, can I get behind that somehow? I think that's interesting. Yeah. Because it, it's not really meant to be a power play. Like, I don't want it to be a power play. And that's part of the reason I didn't enjoy it is because it felt like I was on some sort of power trip by saying yes or no. So if I mandate it, then I'm actually requiring that they give something to the community, which I kind of like better. Yeah. Than them trying to mandate it to me. You want to you want to up the game a little bit, and I'm I shouldn't tell you this, but uh, yeah, dude, of course. Bid the spots, the times, because there's nothing, oh, yeah. nothing, nothing deal. worse, oh, yeah. nothing worse being a session directly after lunch, mm-hmm. worst or the last spot of the day, worst. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you're like the second session of the day, that's like, ka-ting, because people yeah. are people are, are got up a little late, they didn't make the first session, they're always at the second. But the session after lunch and the last session of the day, you know, Rob and I have been put at the end before. <laughs> and right. fortunately, we've made it work. But there's been times we've been put in time slots where it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. Or, or it, and that's a shame. It just depends on what else. Yeah. And who you're head, who you're, who you're head right. to head against. That's the first thing right. I look at. So who am I head to head right. with? And I go, oh, I've lost to him or, oh, I'm going to take from him or yeah. <laughs> so there was a woman who was upset with something that happened in the group and so i was upset you know she kind of got blasted for something she posted about sex and feminism like she wanted like a podcast about being a boss and being sexy and, and like the group, women in my group didn't tolerate and so she said you know her her feelings and i was like well if you'd like to talk about sex and feminism and entrepreneurship i would gladly give you a speaking spot and she was like okay and we we shook on it and everything was fine and then when i went to sign her up she said, well, which day am I speaking on? And then I, when I, I said, well, I can put, you know, I had you on Saturday. But I can put you on Friday. And she goes, is it on the main stage? Oh. And I was like, so did now- you, I'm sorry, <laughs> did you ask me, well, who am I up against? And I was like, you know what? Never mind. I'm good here. We're good. And I, I rescinded my invitation because that was too many questions. You take Plus, what like, you get. You take what you get. Yeah. That's, right. As yeah. My, my little boy, you, you take you, what you, you get and you don't get upset. You internally go, shit. But right. you don't ever say that publicly. You never, you never, right. you never say, because we'll look, we're like, oh, you're up against that person. You're screwed. Yeah. We, and then but you like, never, well, it's but my you, birthday. I'll let you know tomorrow. You know, and I was you, like, you know what? This shouldn't be so hard. You don't go if to you, the event board. No. 
either want to be right. here or you don't. It's That's not about right. the main stage, not about your birthday. You, you either want to, you know, I, I've never taken 24 hours to think about whether or not I want to speak somewhere. So this is too difficult. We'll go on without you. Yeah. Thank you very much for your interest. And Bye. and if someone if someone doesn't make it to my event, I know that they're going to get the virtual ticket. And it because it's out there, they may not have been at my, maybe they had an extended lunch. But the message I still is important that it's it's going to be lived digitally. So I, I find it a honor to go to events and speak. Me too. And, Total honor. You know, it doesn't right. matter if it's the last, you're, you're saying crap because it's the last session of the day, but it is what it is. You still, right. Right. People, and if you're good and you, you know, you're someone, Todd, and you also rock, you know, the two of yours were, if you, if someone did put you in the last session of the day, people would wait. Some, and, and if they don't, we're not. We understand it's the last session of the day. People are, especially the last day of the last, you know, right. we understand people are tired. I'm tired too. I want to go home. Yeah. I mean, you know? I would wait to see you guys speak. I would so, wait. But it's, you know, it, it's, it's not here nor there. It, it yeah, just, no, I know. it works. But I think, yeah, and I, I do not envy anyone. So, uh, you know, we're, Blueberry's thinking about doing some small events, maybe one oh. or two day events. If you need help, let me know. But, Okay. But we're going to, we are going to be like very controlling. I mean, this is going to be like, I mean, like the message is going to be locked and loaded. There's going to be no deviation from the, from the, from the content because we have a mission on what we right. want to do there. And, you know, so I don't have to worry about this politics. I'm no, gonna, that's true. You don't. I don't. I can invite who I want, you know, a pick specifically. You know, and and lay out the guidelines of what's going to be accomplished. That's, you know, that's the difference between it. Where you, how many sessions do you guys have? Eighty, a hundred. Yeah, I mean, it was like probably five or six a day times four tracks, yeah, or times four rooms, which was like thirty. Uh, yeah, hundred, about hundred. That to me, I, I, there's no winning for the person that organizes that track. There's no winning. Yeah, it was rough, but this is why, you know, I knew that there would be some aspect of event planning that I didn't like, and I could not imagine what it was. I certainly didn't imagine it would be the programming, but I'm glad I know now so that I can yeah. outsource that part because it was yeah. very painful for me. And every other aspect was a joy. Every aspect, the sponsorship, the advertising, the booth, the hotel, everything else was a joy. Just the speakers. Mm -hmm. I just, there was a while there where I, I actually lost faith in humanity. Oh, like I, well, you're, I a, you're a marketing so of course you're going to enjoy all those other things, right? That's yes, right. absolutely. But yeah, like, I honestly right. thought like people are awful. I, <laughs> I don't know what to do. You know, I actually thought like, wow, I, I am the most naive and stupid person that ever lived. Cause I thought all these women were so nice and now I know better, you know, Whoa. and I don't want to feel that way. <laughs> oh my, I'm just, you, I've heard this story a hundred times. Right. Really? Yes. I wish we, we should have talked to you beforehand. Rob, Rob and I, because we, we know, we just, because we talk to everyone and they tell us the same thing. Let me ask yeah. you a question, though. We, we didn't get, we weren't there, so we didn't get to go to any of your parties. Yeah. Could you talk? Yes. Did it, was, so, was the music, no loud, it, was the music at 120 music? decibels? No. So the first night, the opening party was um, done by Stitcher. And Harry Duran was the DJ and we were very specific that we wanted him to play, you know, soft pop so that we could all talk. And honestly, when you see video, well, you as a promo video, you won't be able to tell, but you can hear more talking than you can music. Not that you can't hear it, 
But the roar of the crowd is louder, which I really appreciated. They, he did such a good job. And the second night, there was no music because there was cocktails. And then we went right into having a show. So there was like cheese and wine. And then we went right into um, seeing Unladylike and seeing a PRX demonstration. So um, there was no music. And then the third night, I specifically had introvert extrovert party. So that like, and actually they set it up wrong and I had to lose my mind a little bit to get them to fix it because I, I wanted rounds and high top outside in the lobby area of the ballroom. And then inside I wanted it dark and I wanted a DJ and I wanted the doors to be able to shut. And like they put all the mm. rounds inside the ballroom and I lost my mind. And I was like, who? I said, I very specifically said no one is to be able to sit in this room. I want everyone who's going to sit away from the music so they hear what they're doing and so um yeah that worked out so we moved it all and it worked out really nicely because when you see the video you can see like the people there's a lot of people outside and then a lot of people losing their mind doing karaoke and dancing with like blinking like head crowns like the lips and brought um light up headbands for people it was hilarious so um it worked out really well i will definitely do something like that again we'll all split it up because i it was nice to be able to see and talk to people when you were done dancing your pants off. You could go out and get a drink, talk, and then go back in. It was nice. You didn't have to scream. Yeah. You know, if I ever sponsor I an actual party, it's going to be, it's actually going to be branded the networking party and we'll have jazz or something mm -hmm. nice. that will be, because it's just, you know, that that's where, to me, that's where the conferences are the best. It's the party. I agree. Mm -hmm. you know, well, actually, let's be honest. The conference is the best the at the bar after. The, the bar afterwards, holding court at the so bar. So can we do a whole party like that? Like, can we, how, how can we, how can I help you sponsor a party that's like that feel, but the whole night where, what is, what would it be like? Everyone sits down and has drinks. Then you like switch. You need, you need like, you need like a lounge, a big, it needs to be a lounge, yeah. big yeah. lounge. Yeah. Where people yeah. can mingle and hang out and chairs and, and tables chairs and, and tables and right. it, what about just beanbag? That would be, be fun, right? Beanbag bean work and too. Let's just beanbag it. It'll yeah. be so fun, and that way you big, can just you know it had it, it climb that that see to me and so that's where we can you know you know we we huddle up with groups and then we wander off and talk to other people and it's where you yeah. introduce and you, it's where you make friends and it's comfortable and 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 then make sure the bar knows hey we're here to drink. Yeah. Don't yeah, I, 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 right. I don't if you have two bartenders here, we're gonna we're gonna like raid the bar, you know, because that's what you know if I have to stand more than five minutes or ten minutes waiting for a drink and we're trying to socialize, I get pissed. Mm. You know, get give me my cocktail in and out, you know. So you keep it simple. Beer and whiskey. Curious though, if you know how much that costs. <sighs> so like expensive. the night of the introvert extrovert party, I noticed because it was cash bar, there weren't a lot of people drinking, so I bought two hundred drink tickets. Two grand. Two grand. Yeah. There's 600 people there, though. Like, I didn't, mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't know who else was drinking, but like, if you plan ahead for that, you know that you have to spend at least five to seven grand on alcohol, no yeah. food, no yeah. furniture, no nothing. Yeah. When, and so it was great that I got so many attendees, but also when I went to get the coffee, I was like, holy wow, I yeah. can't pay for yogurt. So we did <laughs> a party a number of years ago at the Pepper Mill in Las Vegas. In their, not in the restaurant. They've got a casino in the back. It's this red velvet. And because Ooh. and because it was a they have slot machines in there, they couldn't make it exclusive. So I basically said, OK, ten thousand dollars. It's all on the bar. 
And if we go That's over, smart. here's my credit card, right? And uh, we had a great party, great mood. I had a midget Elvis in. You know, we had the dance. How you many know, the, people? The, the, you know? Oh, I think. I don't know, Rob. Were you at that one? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Five, six hundred at that party. Yeah. You know, so ten thousand. So I was right. Yeah. You know, and we gave everyone two drink tickets, and then I was just, hey, I people were not going to go thirsty, and it, it, yeah, if the right. bar bill was going to be another three, four grand, we were prepared to pay that. Um, but I told, but here's the thing: I told them all beer, all standard mix, no foo foo drink. So, because the, the foo-foo drinks take forever. You need a Jack and Coke, Jack and Coke. You need a, you need a Long Island. Okay. But if you need a margarita where we got to go <laughs> shake it, people are going to back the lineup. So that's right. what we did. And it just made, because it get a beer, get a drink, sit down and it's socialize. Quick. It's right. quick. Yeah. The thing with bar parties is you can't control the noise. That's why I didn't want to leave the hotel. No, if you, if you have, if you are. The person with the venue, you absolutely control the noise. If you if you reserve that venue, and it doesn't cost that much to reserve a really? venue, okay. especially on a weekday, a Tuesday, Wednesday, well, on a Friday, well, Saturday, you know. you're you know it's going to be big. But you know maybe ten grand, fifteen grand for an event. Um, so this is good to know. I'm going to hold you this time. Yeah. So talk later. <laughs> Todd, the event organizer. We used to, but the main thing about the parties is is just let us talk. I get right. I, I yes. And, you know, on yeah, inside, how many times do we lose our voice? A loss. We lose them in the party. Right. But it's because, you know, we're podcasters. We friggin' talk. But no, we're having to scream, not talk. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's actually counterintuitive to the, even who, what conference we're at. And, you know, I can't get this through conference organizer's head. I've told, you know, well, and there's sponsors. no one dancing. Sponsors is where the there's no are, dancing. There's four people on the dance floor. Everyone else is as far away from the speakers as possible, hanging out and having a conversation. Right. Yeah. I mean, we actually had a pretty good amount of people dancing. Oh, that's cool. But I think it was because they had a choice. Right. You know? And if, you know, if that's just, in, in the party that I heart through at podcast movement, you couldn't get far enough away from the music. That was the problem. Yeah. 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 That's a shame. I know. And that's one of the, actually, that's one of the reasons why I did that is because, you know, there's a lot of stuff at other conferences that I wanted to change because I did not enjoy it. And that party, that party thing is one of them. The other yeah. is, starting content at eight because I have a small child and I'm always up too early. And if I'm away from that child, don't make me get up at seven or six. Like that's stink. Moms never get to sleep. So I was like nothing before nine or 10. You can wake wow. up at eight and still be there on time. How did you, how it late was, did you go? Uh, one night we went till five thirty. One night we went till six thirty. And I mean, that's, I know that's late, but that six thirty went right into a part. So like I, I, I sort of mm -hmm. had to plan around that. You know, and the other night we gave two hours for dinner, an hour and a half for lunch. Like it was less content, but it's also why I went almost all day on Sunday because you have to go extra days if you want loose meal and sleep times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was a little extra, but I mean, I think it was worth it because I think that's important. I wanted them to, you know, I don't like at every, at every co-ed conference, I'm missing half the thing because I'm not there till 10. Yeah. And I don't want to, and I'm, and I'm not compromising on it ever again. <laughs> I'm going to sleep till I wake up because I never that's get to do it. That's funny. Yeah. Me, I'm up at uh, 5.30 whether I want to be awake or not. So. Oh, I'm jealous of people who can do that. I, I feel like I'm always on California time whether I'm there or not. <laughs> so anyway, that's we've weird. talked. Anyway. So, so anyway, the feedback, the ladies love the conference. 
I assume. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten really good feedback. Oh, there was something else I wanted to bring up. I have no idea how long your show's supposed oh, to be. So I'm we sorry. Got, we got another over. 26 minutes. We're good. Um, sure. The other thing that I got feedback wise that I thought was really interesting that I wanted to see if you guys had a comment on was over and over. I heard this conference is so great because I don't feel any hierarchy. The oh. speakers are the exact same level as the attendees, mm. which is the exact same level as the sponsors. No one's talking down to mm-hmm. one another. Everyone feels equal. A lot of the speakers right. stayed. They learned. Right. They did, you know, other people's sessions. And so mm-hmm. I heard over and over, like, I am so glad I came because everyone is equal. There's no hierarchy. Right. What do you think about that? I think that's right. I think that's a testament to what you guys did on the spread of the speakers. I think it's hard. Very, very, very hard. Now you're talking about doing a sponsor track hierarchy. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, or... I think hierarchy comes, I hate that word too, because in the well, end, what what are we doing today? We're creating a podcast, right? We're independent podcast creators. Yeah, we've well, been so in the, space, but yeah. we still, all of us, I really I, avoid hierarchy. Entirely. No. It's, you know, at PodFest, the first year I went, it was the first time I ever saw a conference with a VIP room. And I have to tell you, oh, I, hate, I loved that oh, hierarchy. Yeah. You didn't What's like that? it? I, think, I was no, I so like... excited to have hierarchy because I could just sit with all the people that were my level and not have to interact with people who were asking me the same questions about which host to use. I was glorified. I mean, I was in heaven. I haven't run an event. There'll be no VIP. Oh, really? Well, well so well, I, mean, I had it, that. but it wasn't really used, I guess, because there was no hierarchy. You know, it wasn't really used because also there was like barely water in there this time for some reason. But um, I like that they said that, but also like, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a sponsor room. Not a sponsor room, a speaker room where speakers can yeah. go in and meet with their group beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I'm never, ha- I, you know, again, going to an evening party, had a roped off VIP area. You know, you're, you are a company sponsoring event and you have a VIP area and you're like, to me, it's Separating like, people. it's, yeah. it, it, for those of you listening, I'm, I'm rubbing the, I'm doing the <laughs> like an uppity up motion here with my nose. Yeah. I mean, I was happy to hear that and that made me happy. But then I thought about other conferences and I was like, yeah, I do feel higher. Like I do feel like I'm in some sort of insider scrap because I know the other sponsor. Yeah. We it's, don't really, we don't really we go sh- out of but, our way but, to find new attendees and hang out with them. We should. That's the whole purpose. But we don't. Yeah, I do. I'm you, you? Yeah, absolutely. It's mm-hmm. it, that hallway time and bar time and, you know, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think what I think my way of doing that from now on will be to have a she podcast sponsored event at every party, either sponsored or, you know, have my own meetup so I can meet the people in my yeah, community. That's fine too. And I can, yeah. and I can reach out mm-hmm. that way. But I don't know that I'd be at a booth and be like, hey, want to have lunch? Like with people just walking by. There is a hierarchy. Well, I mean, I you know, know it's it's not necessarily that. it's not necessarily lunch. It's just I think there is this. I think you set people off when there is a via. If you have a sponsor, if let's say you have a sponsor room or speaker room, that, that that's mm-hmm. acceptable. I understand that. And if you have specifically sell a VIP ticket, okay, then that's where they are getting lunch. That's okay too. But maybe where I have the real issue on VIP is is actually in parties where they have a roped off area at a party where they have special access for guests um do that business other time during the show the, the party is the the mm-hmm. event we're all hanging out 
And I've seen it a yeah. couple of years in a row where that's been done. And it, to be honest with you, I leave. It pisses me I off never and noticed, I leave. To be honest. Yeah. I have noticed well, special VIP parties. But that's different. You got to, I mean, listen, if, if you, I, have, if you one... have, if if you're having a separate VIP party where it's, it's non-publicized event, that's cool. Do what you want to do there. But I'm talking yeah. about like the whole, it's the party for the space for the event. And then they have the VIP area. It, I don't know. I, I don't Rob, what do you think? Hierarchies are created by attitude, not by, by anything else. Yeah. I mean, the I think, terrible attitude. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, <laughs> there's going to be hierarchies and, Perception, and I think that. I mean, if I think about, you know, Todd, you're you an eyes involvement in this medium. We don't approach this medium from a perspective of hierarchy, but I think what what happened to us is because, you know, so many people in the medium know us. Right. That, that there is this kind of hierarchy that surrounds us. That's true. But it's not. It, it's not that we have attitude about it because I I'll talk to anybody. I don't. I don't create hierarchies. No. Um. You know, in my own normal daily functioning um but it's but i think people perceive hierarchies definitely you know i think too is just recently and then and actually i started doing uh uh i haven't done this in the past i haven't done calls i haven't set up like open times to talk to podcasters and this is just something Mm -hmm. new for me just because i've been so in the guts you know and Mm -hmm. i thought made a decision maybe it's time to start getting a little more one-on-one times. And I think I'm, what I'm finding is this podcasters are like, I can't believe I'm talking to you. And I'm like, you could have talked to me any time. Yeah. I hear that all. You could have talked to me any time. And so I'm their own personal. No, 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 no. It's, it's real. So what it made me realize is, um, have to be more accessible. You know, it's true. They, they're and I'm accessible, but people don't perceive that I'm accessible. Exactly. So that's so as an event planner, how does one prepare for that? So, for example, I could get rid of the VIP ticket and everyone could pay the same price for a ticket. And maybe the solution is there were a couple companies that asked me um, if I had an industry price. And I thought, you hmm. know, right. what if I did it blend, that way where everyone is an equal right. attendee? But then right. if you're at Blueberry or Libsyn or Authentic, you pay $200 more per person. Do you hate that idea? You know, usually I sponsor, so I typically get a couple right, so of tickets with a, yeah, I don't care. Right. Right. What but, about you, Rob? I mean, like, if let's just say you were going to my conference totally on your own and you bought your mm-hmm. own ticket, would you pay $200 more because you work for Libsyn? Um, hmm. Or would you make Libsyn I, pay I, for I it? expense that anyway. I, mean, I think that it could be expensed and it wouldn't be a, yeah, big, it's deal a big deal on that perspective, yeah. but I'm not sure what's really being accomplished. Well, doing that. here's it, here's what I think. Well, yeah. The V, you know, what I what I buy for, if I want to pay more money for an event, I, I most of these events are not doing a good job of helping us get lunch. So if you've got lunch and I can pay an extra hundred bucks and get lunch oh, yeah. and get yeah. a box oh, lunch, that's a great idea. Then yeah. I, I'll pay the extra money for the box lunch, so okay. I can go in and get the food, sit down, eat, and get back to the booth. It's it's it's, it's all about. Convenience. I know convenience and time. That's a great idea. Pay for, by by food. Yeah, it's that's where I, mean, I would no, pay. That's extra. one of the things that I really regret. I really, really, really wanted to be able to afford food or a Sunday brunch or a dinner, 
And after 300 people, it became not feasible. No. So you, you right. just, you charge, if it's, you know, you're going to get the, the hotel or the event's going to charge you 30 bucks a head. You charge 50, you add that on to how many of our yeah, days. Food yeah, food pass. pass or in, in, right. in that room, then there's drinks and there's, you know, there's cookies or, you know, yeah. yeah. A food pass could be an extra, say, 150 bucks a day. And that way, every meal, you know, because I never saw, this was a fancier hotel, but I never saw one meal that wasn't lower than $38. That, that so hotel, you make something and that, on it. It would cover everything. That's brilliant. You're and, a brilliant, brilliant man. And that hotel is not, and that <laughs> hotel you. is, even though they have big conferences, you stand in line and I waste 30 yeah. minutes in line. I yeah. want to go in and grab my food, eat, and then get back to the business at hand of the show. That's so smart. That would well, cover breakfast, lunch, and oh my God. Thank you. I'm not so worried about breakfast, lunch, not dinner, just lunch. But even breakfast, for me, the breakfast is tough. Like if I paid for breakfast, I don't, because that Starbucks line is a bitch too. I go to Waiting the Waiting in line at that coffee place, if you, you know, yeah. if you're even remotely running late, if it's close to nine, you're not getting a coffee until 945. Let's be honest. Right. Well, I definitely go to, and that's what you offer in the lunchroom, your right. breakfast. So you have coffee in there so they can get coffees. For me, right. it's breakfast is the, I'm usually up and I go to breakfast before the event, but Every person is different. Some people are like you. You said you're running, you know, you're, you're getting up at 830 and you got to be at the yeah. thing at nine. So you, yes, you, you don't have time. I also, for I, I'm an, I'm a really, freak though. I forego breakfast for sleep. So yeah. I'm cool with that. But, but people I think would pay to be fed beforehand. So they wouldn't have to think about it. Like you said, Rob, convenient. Or, I, I think I a, lot you of, said. a lot of big events um, have food in the speaker rooms and have food in other places that caters to a specific groups of of attendees um but, but yeah i think having that available to sponsors and things like that is really helpful because there, there's times when i just eat all day right yeah I me too all, all day long yeah so right or better yet jessica have them so they'll bring the box lunch to the booth right oh that's true yeah yeah because right. then like rob says sometimes they don't even get to leave because no, during lunch, guess what? During lunch, they're all at my booth. So the mm, key right. is to have, the, to have the lunch staggered so that it's during sessions and during lunch so that you can, so we, we'll run and get food during the sessions and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want it to be like, yeah, like a served thing. It would have to be just available between like 12 and 2. Right. Yeah, I agree. That's so smart. Thank you. That's so helpful. I appreciate it. But, that. you know, and in that I would pay for. I would pay extra for, even if I'm a sponsor. And you mm -hmm. had a, you had a, we're going to have lunch and dinner, lunch and dinner each day. I would pay for that just to avoid having to go stand in line somewhere. I would totally pay for that yeah. too if I was a sponsor or a speaker to not yeah. have to leave the hotel. In fact, I didn't see sunshine for seven days while I was there. I didn't leave once. And some hotels are better than others. That hotel's not bad for getting food. No, it's food. nice. The food was great. But when you're there for Dragon Con, it's a mayhem. Yeah. Yes, I think I'm going this year. Because the guy who does the digital marketing track was there yeah. and we met and he asked if I would maybe apply to be on a panel or two. So I applied. We'll see. Charles, is that who you were talking yeah, to? Yeah, Charles. Yes. Yeah. Charles. Yeah. yeah and, and Charles and I have done some post talk after Dragon Con and he, uh, Rob and I both talked to him after the event, but I think he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's going to split the track and he realized mm -hmm. the naming last year was not as it, it impacted negatively. So I think mm. he's going to be making changes. Right. Good guy though. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Hey, well, let's, I'm hard to miss in a women's conference because he's like eight feet tall, like you, Rob. <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's move on and talk a little bit about 
you're thinking about next year and what you're where and when and how how maybe it might change have you been doing some thinking on that yeah i've been doing a lot of thinking about it so we actually were in talks with a hotel before the event and it got mm-hmm. it, it fell apart like the day before the event started we were going to do um baltimore and mm-hmm. it fell apart because so there's this thing where like some of the av crew in certain hotels are unionized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the pricing gets a little crazy so we try to avoid yeah yeah so right so their final bid for av was sixty two thousand dollars, and we choked and then laughed and then declined <laughs> um but we are bidding out hotels in a bunch of different cities right now and i'm hoping to have it in the next week or so i've i have to do site visit but um we i have found four hotels so far one in um memphis one in nashville one in charlotte one in minneapolis um, and we are still bidding out Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Everything in Washington, D.C. was too expensive. Um, and Phoenix, Arizona, too. So at this point, it's really more about which hotels and cities will give us the date that we want, not what city it is. I would love, like, next year, I'll have the luxury of picking a city, I think. And then, like, like once this is done, I'm going to start looking for 2021. Because if mm-hmm. you don't, you end up with, hotels that you love that just don't have like like the marriott marquis the one i would love to have done it in the same hotel but i think the only reason we got that hotel in the first place six months ahead of time is because they had a cancellation Mm -hmm. um because they're they're full and they're full for the next like two years and that's you know you know so i need to i need to plan ahead if i do want to go back to that hotel for 2021 i sort of have to book them now Mm -hmm. um so so i'll know better next time but so yeah we're looking to do any city that can do either the first week of, you know, and that's the other thing is this time of year is getting tricky. Like the first week of November is DC PodFest. The middle of October is Sound Education and Work It. And do I want to compete with them again? Do I care? Or, um, you know, I could go for early December. I don't know of any other podcast conferences that are the first week of December. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the first week of November is great. Like that seems to be free, but that's also my little one's birthday. So if I have to take mm-hmm. a hotel, you know, it's like I'm, I don't want to sacrifice those kinds of things. As far as how it will be different, Elsie and I have thrown some ideas around like a, um, what's the word when you are, oh, rejuvenation track. So there are a lot of women there who, like when we did a survey, some of them wanted to learn monetizing, some of them want to learn editing. Some of them are just going to meet people and hang out. So maybe a rejuvenation track would be yoga classes, meditation, you know, confidence exercises, you know, um, I don't know, like spa days and, you know, something that could be more about feeling good. Spa day? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how we would do that as far as a track, a whole spa day, but like, you know, I don't know, maybe like cosmetology or estheticians or, um, you know, like figure self-care, maybe, maybe some more education on how to feel good on a daily basis because podcasting is such hard work. So that was yeah. her idea, you know, is to have a rejuvenation track or even a networking track where, um, you know, all of the sessions are about interacting with one another or social or, you know, you go on trips with one. I don't know. I mean, we want to, we, I noticed that there's two types of women there, those who are diehard learning and those who are there because they just love being there. And I want to sort of cater to both. You or know, even to have people dip in and out, you know? 
one thing that Jennifer did at Texas PodCon that I thought was really unique is she had a, and of course it's a one track, so this doesn't work real good with a multi-track system, but she had business coach, a business mm -hmm. coach there. And mm -hmm. so after every couple of sessions, the business coach would come up and say, okay, we'll take what, you know, here's what this person said. And this is how do we take action from these steps that you've already been given? Because it's, you know, let's be frank, it's fire hose mode when you're in events. You're just getting, right. you know, you, you're drinking, you know, it's like you're on the waterboard and you're pouring a five-gallon bucket on you. You're just, you know. And yes. so I thought was was good about, at least at Texas PodCon, is having the business coach come out. And they didn't take a full 30 minutes, 15 minutes and say, boom, 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 boom. Here's some action steps, boom, boom, boom. And then let everyone remain focused as a, you know, what is your goals? What are the takeaways? What are the next steps? I thought that was really, really, really good. Yeah, that is really good. We had one-on-one -on -one podcast consulting and they never were, they were, that booth was never dead. And I had all the different women consultants and people who do uh, production and editing and, um, and work with other podcasters. They all did like sign up genius so mm -hmm. that they could each have a couple hours to answer whatever questions. And this way, if you had, if you were in a session, for example, about sponsorship, you could leave that session and come out to the booth and say, listen, we just talked about this, but I have a show about this. What should I do? Because I wanted that to be accessible the whole time. So you didn't, I think it reduces overwhelm to have something like a business coach or a podcast coach to just check in with, see, you know, so you don't have to go home like wondering where you start, mm -hmm. you know, that's a great idea. I love that idea. So yeah, so, so a little bit more pampering, um, a little bit more, I think, rest, but also I'd want to have more, like I also avoided like the how-to sessions. And I focused mm -hmm. a lot on women's issues like feminism and fear. And I'd like to bump that up a little bit so that there's more how to use Audacity, how to use GarageBand, how to mm -hmm. use, you know, should you edit yourself and what, how do you do your art and how do you do your branding? Like there's a lot of that that I skipped um, so that I could talk about diversity and feminism and fear. And I would like a better balance next year so that there's mm -hmm. more for newbies who aren't ready to face their fears because they don't even know what kind of show they want to do. On your on your one on one track, and I, I don't know what you called it, but if you had a one on one track, it was a start did, track, yeah. Did you start them from track? You know, session one, track one was here's the base, and then by day two, you're getting more advanced on one on one. Did you did you did you progress it through that way? No, the start track was about like um, anything from having confidence to do podcasting to um, how to do a podcast on a budget, how to think of a good name, how to, how to um, put your personality into your show, how to decide what format. So just it was little, really not in any kind of order, though. So just some pieces. It was all pieces, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that way, what you're talking about is good. You know, Chris pushed me to have a, a beginner's workshop, and I didn't want to, I thought it was a lot to deal with the first year, so I didn't put that together. But before PodFest, the day before, he always has like a, podcasting one-on-one workshop and he has someone teach it every year and it's a good idea it's just i was just like oh is that i feel like that's everywhere i don't want to you know i, I wanted to be different i was being stubborn the challenge maybe that's a good thing the challenge and where i get a little disgruntled on those one-on-one workshops is they end up being people are kind of picked and yeah i often by someone not qualified and i often and not saying they're not qualified but i go into those and i cringe cringe because i hear stuff being said that i'm like I want to stand up and say, well, yeah. bullshit, you know, and, and I can't. And, um, so sometimes those one, you, you have to be, I think you have to be real careful if you're going to be doing one of those pre-day events because you end up, then people have these pre, you know, they think this person is the expert 
and they come out of there and then I'm like having to say, right. well, yes. you need, did you consider this and this and this? So I think that those free free day workshops have to be very number one, no agenda. Mm-hmm. They're not, it's not an event to be selling a service. It's a, there to train them on. These are the steps. Exactly. Here are all the options. I, do I talk about anchor? Yes. Do I talk about Libsyn? Yes. Do I talk about, you know, do I, you have to, if you're going to do these one-on-one sessions, right. you just can't, right. you know, you can say, Hey, this is the way I do it, but you also have to also, you know, give that, that spread. And I think sometimes those events turn to be more of a pitch me for your service and you can come to me and I can work with you afterwards type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and actually that's something that could be sponsored because I just, you know, PRX and Google just did a podcasting one-on-one. Libsyn has a podcasting 101. Like there's a bunch of places where I could mm-hmm. just say, Hey, do you want the, the one-on-one court? But it's I think the there, there, there has to be constraints. You have to be very clear. You can't just be pitching your stuff. Yeah. I mean, the Google yeah. PRX is an, is a very broad overview yeah. of what podcasting is and yeah. why you might want to do one. It's nothing. Yeah. They're not selling anything. And I mean, yeah. Libsyn. Yeah. I mean, they do kind of go through, well, here's how you host, <laughs> but they go through the other parts. Too, right. As long as they cover every, cool. if they, you know, Give yeah. the full spread. You're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So yeah. So um, go ahead. Did we? And we're almost out of time here. Um, the question I have is: Is there is there anything else happened this week that we need to talk about before we go, Rob? Was there stuff in the news that? Uh, well, yeah. There's tons of stuff. I just don't know that we have. Sorry. To, no, it's okay. To, we wanted we were you were here on. specifically to talk sheep podcast. So don't worry. That was. That's right. That was the goal. I that's hogged the, the show. Oh, the that's, whole show. that's what we wanted. All right. So okay. the, I guess the only thing, is there anything that was like, we have to talk about that? Oh, I know one thing. HBO Max. Rob, was this your big secret? Oh, mine? No. So you, you said there was one more major player that was coming in to do podcasting, but you're under some sort of well, ridiculous well, NDA. So well, was it Netflix, H- right? Netflix. Now. Oh, there's actually two now. So was H- HBO Max one of those no. or? No, I'm talking about a, like a music streaming service. Oh, okay. So what do you think about the HBO Max announcement, including podcasts? I, I, I'm not surprised. I think what we're, we're going to see more of is podcasts come into other types of apps now um, that have other content. I think this is part of a bigger trend that we're going to see unfold over the next couple of years around um, content going into verticals right so podcasts will be part of more part of like sports app or part of um, tv watching apps will be more part of you know it'll probably be in the netflix app for too much longer well, netflix announced an original right. show series with right. spotify with, with spotify but there's no reason why they couldn't make those a, a part of a subscription service in netflix right yeah so so I think podcasts are going to start going into these proprietary platforms more and more. Um, I think is part of the evolution of this medium, right? Yeah, yeah. So Jessica, was there anything that popped up on your radar this week that you thought was interesting? Well, we just recorded she podcast right before this, so just to tell you what we talked about a little bit. Um, we talked about the Google PRX thing. We talked about Spotify mm-hmm. launching a kids app just in Ireland, mm-hmm. but that should be available soon. I thought that was pretty exciting because if you have a small child and you use Spotify, 
you know that your recommendations can get a little skewy if they listen to Baby Shark once or twice. <laughs> so it's kind of good. It's kind of good to have like a separate app for just those things. Um, and then we talked about uh, Edison because he did a he did an article yesterday about what your downloads don't tell you. And right. then something about actually, you know what? Let's talk about. I know we have two minutes. <laughs> the podcast consumer quarterly tracking report. Do you guys have anything to say about? That because Elsie and I were kind of going back and forth. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Nope. Okay. Well, then let me. Let yeah, I me, think I saw it, but I didn't really dig into it yet. Um, let me yeah. let me open it up really quick, and I can do like a quick. I can do a quick news report on it. So Edison Research quick. is launching a bespoke service, um, where they will, um, provide Edison's renowned measurement and analysis expertise to aid in the continued market development of the podcast space. So they are launching a product designed to serve the ongoing needs of leading podcast networks, which means mm -hmm. you will get um, uh, the report will chart provide charter members with a reliable and regular checkup on the audience, what they're listening to and the relative reach and awareness of the leading podcast network. Each quarterly report will also track demographic content preferences, listening behaviors and other custom measures determined in consultation with charter members. Charter membership is 10 grand per quarter. And so we were talking about, Allison and I were talking about like, you know, do you need charter membership? Is this the kind of thing that people, you know, need to pay for? Is this, are they doing like a, a hiding of, she sort of feels like they're doing a bit of a hiding of information. Like you either pay 10 grand for the information or you don't get the information. But I'm thinking right. you probably do get the information, just not on your own. You get a, like, like Infinite Dial and Share of Ear is broad. But if you want specifically mm -hmm. who's listening to Blueberry versus Lipson versus, you know, right. all the other ones, like you got to pay for that. And I think and yes, they have a monopoly, but isn't it the same as the IAB where you either get to be part of the governing body and you pony up or you don't. Right. What do you think, Todd? I see your mind is going. You're wildly. <laughs> yeah. Considering. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to read that because I had not. Well, here. I was not up to speed on it, but 10 grand. Quarterly. Each each quarterly sample will comprise two thousand respondents, ages eighteen and up, who oh. listen to podcasts at least monthly. Editorial input to add up to two custom questions per quarter. So what that is is they're doing surveys for specific companies, and no, that data won't be public. And why don't I just run my own survey? Well, they'll right. be doing it for the entire charter, and you'll have right. access to everyone else's data too, not just right. yours. So if you're a charter member. You can have your data and Libsyn's data and Spreaker's data. Well, but if you don't, this is, then you don't. This is more of a listener thing. So some of our platforms don't really have front-facing listening If you're right? creating content, if, you're, if you are a content network, mm -hmm. you damn well better know who your listening audience is. If you don't, right. if you don't well, shame yeah, on right. you. You can do your own survey. But you're not yeah, Edison. You right. And they're banking on the fact that they've been doing this long enough and we enjoy their little reports enough where we would pay them to do it for our for uh well for us meaning the right, the content creating network. I mean, each of the shows need to kind of take responsibility for that. Right. That's exactly what Todd was just saying. Yeah. yeah and each so. net and each right. network should, you know, networks are developing. They have people yeah. okay. Right. That, that, I'm sure it's gonna be a valuable service for anyone that pays for it. Right. But it's going to be <laughs> that was very political. I don't think you need it. I don't think you need right. it. 
Elsie and I were just discussing whether or not it's something. You know, I, I mean, she always look, I always look at things from the business point. She always looks at things from the from the independent podcaster point. And to her point, I want to see all the data and I don't have that kind of money. But and you, my point is, but you, you don't need all the data. So you don't need the money. But you already know who your audience is. If you're doing a show, it's very simple and almost free to set up your own survey and survey your own audience. You know what your download numbers are. So this is this is not rocket science. We have podcasters that do demographic surveys, which is different. So, so if you want to know what your audience is about, come up. If you have questions about where your audience is growing or how it is, you know, SurveyMonkey or they've 100 companies that do surveys and right. write 15 questions and ask your audience to do it. If you have a thousand downloads, if you get a hundred people to respond, you got a 10% sampling, you're good. You know, Except so you're not an analyst, professional analyst. They're professional. They're just going to give you a report that's going to say 82% selected. <laughs> yes. 16% selected. No, zero, 2% selected. Yeah. Are you curious to see if NPR's audience listens more on Wednesdays than, you know, mid-rolls does you're, you're, or don't care? Don't care. I don't yeah. care. Would they care? I, I guess I, they yeah, wouldn't. I'm on the content. I'm not in the content business. I'm in the service business. So. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're not really that affected by it, I guess. And I already know but, when my audience listens. Yeah. yeah I, and it may or may not be relevant to everyone uh, what the NPR's data shows. You know, that's the thing is that it may not be directly applicable to the new media show when it's a survey on. So yeah, actually NPR, to that end, it's right. never relevant. So what right. happens with the, what happens if new media show pays $10,000, we become part of this survey and every respondent says new media show. What? Yeah. yeah. Right. right. But yeah. it's not for particular shows. It's for networks. Yes. Yeah, for network. Right. So you'd right. have, yeah, it would have to be like, I guess ESPN, Washington times, NPR. Um, not necessarily for Libsyn and Blueberry, but I just thought, I mm -hmm. don't know. We had a little discussion about it, so I thought I'd bring yeah. it up here and see what you guys sure, thought. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and also, the else. podcast told us that, you know, Marilyn Monroe was killed by mafia men using chloroform and a deadly syringe. Wow. Thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Wow, okay. So, yeah, so don't, yeah. don't forget that it's National Podcast Month, 30 podcasts in 30 days. So, uh, if you haven't started already, it's not too late. It's your second day. You can jump in on that. So, uh, right on. I, I can't do it. Can't do 30 podcasts in 30 days. I can't do one in 30 days. So, but it's a good way to start. If you want to kickstart your show, you know, Oh, to do a actual, Oh, to do, do it. it episode every day. Episode every day. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard. It's is that hard. November? One every month? One, one every day for a month? One every day. It's it's and Jennifer, you're you're watching, so tell me it's NAMO. It, there's a there's an acronym for uh, it. NAMO PONOMO. Yeah. National I don't know. I it's national pod, I'm I, I'm, I'm, I'm yes, just slap me. I'm she's gonna tell me here in chat when the when the when the stream catches up. But so Todd, did you see that ACAST is now IAB certified? Yes, I did. You did see that. Yeah, okay. I did. So I think There's we're up 10, to 10 podcasting companies that are now certified. Mm, that's good. Mm -hmm. And some Who's of them are not certified. Podbean. Lots. And lots of others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not pod mo N A P O D P O M O dot org. N A national podcast post month. Not pod mo. 
dot org. Napadmo. Yep. Napadmo. I say it five times real fast. It's in. It's in. It's again. N a p o d p o m o dot org. <laughs> so it's yeah. Ten companies are certified, and a whole bunch aren't. And probably many of those. Yeah, it's. I understand. It's. It's a big leap. It's a big dollar amount. It's a lot of man hours. But I'm glad that there's at least ten. So ACAST got certified um, for one additional category that nobody else is certified, and no. that's client-confirmed ad play. So they're doing rad. I suppose. Yeah. So rad has got major issues with the IP reporting Yeah, data. but that, that's through the IEB, though. So is oh. that really rad? Mm, well, they, they had that, that client, client site. Yeah, that is a, that is a function of the certification. That's the fourth, that's the fourth tenant. And right. none of us have gotten that before because none of us have had implemented client side play tracking data from players. So they, it must be very limited because who are they getting that from? Their app? It has to, it can't be must just... Be has to be okay it says here client confirmed ad plays counts ad that was able to be prompt a tracking beacon for the client when the file was played so rad is that like pixel tracking uh, i don't think so but i'm going to be asking the ieb for some clarification on that because the 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 it was supposed to be the client side data yeah. from the client it's, player from the podcast app okay so, it talked about um tracking ad play um in markers ad start first quartile midpoint third quartile and complete 100 yeah. percent. so there's there's yeah. separate classifications we need to go here. back and ask the ieb on that because yeah. It, and I wonder if they went outside the scope because it was supposed to be client applications like Apple Podcasts, like Pocket Cast, providing tracking data back. That's what the fourth tenant was supposed to be for, not some bullshit beacon marker. And if it was, it should. They need to list which app. They need to be very right. clear how they're what client side data they're getting. It's not just because they're doing ad injection and sending a pixel, which is BS as well. Well, that's a whole. That's the whole server. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I know you're rolling your eyes in the back of your head, aren't you? Just... Speaking of shit show, well, because I'm, right, you right. know, I'm on the advertising side, but as a, as a podcaster's point of view, I just hate, I hate that all of this, this whole mission is about measuring downloads for advertisers, and I wish they would just, I don't know, I know they need measurement, I know they need like ROI. It, it was, it was about level. It was about leveling the playing field for however we wanted to use the data. It doesn't have to be just for advertising. It's right. just frustrating because there are, um, it kind of you know, the dynamic. I, I am the, of the personal opinion that dynamic ad insertion, and the you know, the more we strive to measure listenership and success, the less we focus on what's great about podcasting, which is it's just something like you know our inf you know the the host influence and the way that we can sell and yeah. be enthusiastic about something and pass it on to our listeners which then generate sales like quantifying it 
feel like it sort of pees in my cornflakes a little. Yeah, I understand. That's why I'm rolling my eyes. It has nothing to do with, like, I, I am smart enough to know why it's important. It just kind of like, it, it ruins the, it ruins like the beauty of why it's effective. And you're, you're, t- right. you're, you're, you're focusing on what's beside the point, I think. And I think what you find is that the major networks that are out there, they are, they are after millions of downloads and billing those against a CPM and maybe, and radio, I get maybe, it. maybe, maybe they're throwing in some podcaster influence, but that is definitely not the focus. Well, and well, right. That's and that's what makes it a completely changed. different animal, yeah. which is why right. when, po- when regular podcasters measure themselves up against those shows, they feel disappointed because we're, it's not even the same animal. It's like comparing yourself to NBC. The problem you're, is, is you know, the problem is that uh, social media, social influence, podcast influence has always been, um, and any of these influence campaigns have been subjective and that's the problem. And, um, uh, advertisers don't like subjective stuff. So some do, some get it. Some will run campaigns, but, um, it's just the fact that we live in a world where, you know, the Kardashians can get a million dollars for mentioning a toothbrush. And, you know, if I mention the same toothbrush, it's worth zero. And I reach. Not a, true. I would be very interested to know. Okay. What toothbrush well, okay. But I hear what you're saying. I know. What you mean. Yeah. So Todd, I did see another little column here with this client confirmed ad play. And it says, um, supported for activity using the ACAST player in a, environment so it's just the acast player makes right. sense and it, so, a, they said all, player not app right oh. all of us could have could have done so anywhere that, right? right because because we all have our own widget players right and we're well and we have play tracking for our we're actually going to start that reporting for the player but that's i think they got it wrong rob because this was supposed to be for client app not for podcast player app very good discovery i'm Turn that over to Angelo and he will run that to ground Monday. <laughs> well, I think it's the only way that they are right now. It's the only way. Red, red is not. Red is not. not actual thing, no. right? I mean, it, it's. But it's you know, this segment dream, of the segment of web play, we went real long here, but the segment of web play traffic is, I call it my Nimi small. You know, we look at all our web traffic and we look at our player it traffic. Is, it's tiny. It's tiny, tiny, but it does tell a picture. It does. And, Maybe over time it becomes a little bit of a larger sample that you can extrapolate it's, across. It's just the part of the story. It's part of the marketing story. Right. Uh, by the way, people that come to my website and play the app, play the show on the website, they listen 68% of the way through. That's right. That's it. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the game. Yep. I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. Jessica. Jessica at ShePodcast.com. And Rob. I uh, am. Yeah. I can be found Who on Twitter you, at uh, Rob Greenlee. And then uh, you can send me an email, um, robg at lipson.com if you want to reach me. And of course, he's got 25 other prior addresses that are dead. So make sure you use the robg at lipson.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some of them are not all. Of them. Oh, so you're still getting access to your uh, email over at your prior, prior employer? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, my email is Jess. Now that I think about it, uh-huh. just cheap. I didn't. And yeah. Twitter at Geek News. All right, everyone. Thanks for being yeah. here. Hope you had a good time. And no live Thank people did. Thank you so much for having me. And we had Rick and Eileen and Jennifer and all the team, all the folks that were on live today. We appreciate those of you that are listening to the show. Send us your comments. And uh, yes, we will be back here next Saturday for another edition of the new media show. Everyone take care. We will be. 
Are you are you going somewhere? I'm I'm going to be up in. Wait, let me see. I'm going to be up in Vancouver. Okay, at the Vancouver podcast. We won't be doing a show next Saturday, but we will be live at uh at the Digital Hollywood. <laughs> Digital Hollywood, and who are we having as guests? Eric on on the fourteenth. Fourteenth, and who yeah. who are our guests? Kathy Doyle from uh, you know. The famous Kathy Doyle from Macmillan, from, you know, from Macmillan, from Macmillan, yeah. right? And who's the other one? We have uh, ah, just drawing a blank. Someone who's from Podcast it? One. Oh yes, Mr. Morris, the CEO of Podcast One, is going to be there. That's going to be fantastic. Oh, Todd, I also noticed that uh, Norm Norm Pettit be on on our panel down at uh, Digital Hollywood. Just to let you know. Wow. So anyway, that's some exciting stuff. Oh, yeah. that's going to be real exciting. All right. <laughs> Thanks yeah. everyone for being here. Thanks for yeah. being Thanks for being the <laughs> boy. We are going to have some shit to talk about after that event. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody. So, thanks for being here. Right. Yeah, Let, thank you, letting us be a little freer with our voice today. We'll see you next time here on the new media show. Everyone take care. Thank Bye-bye. You, Jessica. Yep. Yep. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you.